and welcome back to the One Globe 360 podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Race Across the World contestant Lizzie, who appeared on series two of the show with her brother Dom. We'll be talking all about Lizzie's, Lizzie's experience on the show, including the highs and lows, learning experiences and memorable moments, as well as answering lots of questions sent in from my followers. So thank you so much to everyone who sent in a question. We got loads of questions. We've got about 20. Um, so I've had to pick just 10 to ask Lizzie. Otherwise, I thought the podcast episode would be about two hours. So I've narrowed it down to 10. Um, so thank you so much, Lizzie, for coming on today's episode of the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Good as we can be right now. Um, yeah. Enjoying the whole work from home life. Um, and it's obviously worlds away from where I was when I was doing Race Across the World. So it's a big difference. It's, it must be crazy to look back. It must, I mean, how long has it been since you're out there? Just over a year now? Yes, it was, I think we got back last November. So, well, November 2019. So, yeah, yeah it's crazy. coming into its... I know, and um, the world has changed incredible amounts since that happened. And I think I'm, I count myself very lucky that I got to do that whilst we were still able because god knows when yeah. <laughs> we can do that again i know it's crazy to look back isn't it i mean um i was recording a podcast episode earlier and um even just thinking the thought of going on a holiday this year is like a treat like a surprise yeah. like an incredible thing to like look forward to because it's just not possible really at the moment to plan no. things like that um i, and I guess yeah reflecting back to your incredible trip you know you must just feel so lucky that you got to do so much traveling before before the world changed really amazing well i've got loads of questions all about race across the world and then like i said we've got some questions sent in from followers as well so i'll get going with the first question which is a very general one which was what was your highlight of being on race across the world um god there's so obviously so many great moments and obviously for us it was just incredible to even have the opportunity so that in itself is a highlight but um I think I remember even just the first week the whole kind of like having to pinch myself at what I was doing like I just remember when me and Don went to Oaxaca and we were sat um god it was so long ago and Ied El Agua which was the water kind of um what's it, natural rock pools and I'm just sitting there with Dom and being like oh my god what on earth are we doing like I, we one minute we were in London like with our phones kind of being ferried around film studios and then the next minute I was like in Mexico City um in like a completely different country it was just it was just the feeling I think that's the highlight of the whole the whole show um and I think like another thing was going to that party I think it was episode seven where um we got we've got hitchhiked we hitchhiked and then we went to a party um Dom and I and it was just like another completely crazy experience we wouldn't have had if we weren't in the situation we were in um so yeah I guess it's 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 a difficult question isn't it because you had so many highlights from the show um so many incredible memories and, and all those sorts of things what would you say was the most challenging aspect of the race and how would you say you you overcame it um god the race there was so many things that were just a little bit difficult like um I think a huge thing for both Dom and I was the language barrier I think once you can speak the language getting the information isn't as difficult and I think we yeah. found ourselves like lacking in information and also just asking questions to people in really broken Spanish and then receiving an answer obviously them having understood us and we just looked at each other and we'd be like I don't do you know what he said no blindly running around and like taking instructions from people and one person could be sending you completely the wrong direction and you've just kind of got to go with it and hope yeah. for the best um so I think we kind of overcame it by 
we did get better at like getting to the answer we wanted so we just uh, um, learned really basic phrases and like did a lot of drawing and a lot of writing on paper um yeah. but definitely towards the end we kind of got the hang of like how to quickly ask a question without being able to speak the language and then what was it like because obviously the majority of the countries in south america speak spanish but then you've got brazil which speaks portuguese how was that transition you spent so much time trying to learn some spanish for the sort of first part of the trip you get to brazil and it's a completely different language how was that i mean at that point we were just like we're used to it now yeah <laughs> i think, I think it, it was obviously frustrating but um we were just like you know we could say hello we could say thank you and everything in between we'd be able to figure out and actually we did find within brazil we went to quite touristy places so we actually didn't struggle so much with the language there but it was a whole oh god here we go again like <laughs> we're gonna struggle but you know it's not actually that dissimilar language as well and I think with languages like that you can kind of pick up words um yeah yeah it's it's so difficult I guess because obviously you didn't know where you were going before the trip so it's not like you could plan ahead and be like oh we're going to South America let's learn some Spanish you could have been sent to Australia you could have been sent to Southeast yeah. Asia like you just had no idea where you're going to go which I think I guess made it more difficult to like prepare uh, yeah like I think I'll let you in a little secret I had an inkling that we were going to go to South America like I just had a feeling I was like they've done um London to Singapore I was like what's the most logical like route next and I had yeah. a feeling I to go north or South America I was like it's going to be one of the others so we packed the Spanish dictionary um with oh, us goodness. but I hadn't learned anything I just thought let's just bring it with us um and obviously when they came to like check our bags it was obviously contraband um so at that point I was like right I think we must be going somewhere Spanish speaking or maybe we're yeah. just not allowed to dictionary um, which does make sense because it would be a little bit unfair but I kind of second guessed where we were going but um, I didn't actually do anything to prepare because I was really worried that I'd spend all this time focusing on South America and then I'd end up in like Japan so yeah it's it's I guess it's just you just have to throw yourself into it and just get what you're given and you just sort of you know languages or even just like adjusting to different cultures you're just thrown into a situation yeah. And you could see very much from day one of like the program, you were just, it was almost as if you just dropped off and it was like, yeah. you get from Mexico City to Ushuaia, go. That was that literally was, what it was. Yeah. Is that what it felt like? That you were just sort of left, you know, you and Dom, it was your responsibility to get from A to B to each checkpoint yeah. and you just had to go. That's, yeah, it was really bizarre because on the first day, um, we did like obviously quite a lot of filming to kind of yeah. get all the shots running from the start line. And, you know, they want the dramatic effect. And I remember... I think we were doing that for like a good four hours. Um, and then I remember that they were like, right, this time you run, this is it. This is like the actual race starting. Mm -hmm. And we were all like, okay, God. And we ran and then we were kind of just like, got to the end of the path that they sent us on. And we just looked at each other like, what do we do? Like, what do we actually do? <laughs> we yeah. like, didn't know what it was. And Don was like, well, I guess we've just got to start asking people for help. And it was just kind of that moment where we were like, we've gone from being looked after to suddenly like we were literally on our own and I remember the film um our producer was just looking at me like come on do something and I was like I don't know it was such a panic yeah um, but again that became second nature as well like we just eventually learned and knew what to do but yeah, yeah. it was definitely a shock god it just it just sounds such a crazy yet incredible experience um so oh, what would you say mate. is your favorite country and city from the whole experience Ooh. A tough question there must be so many that you loved but if you could pick a favorite country and city what would they be um obviously love them all but um I think 
both Dom and I, I think we both said this, we loved Guatemala. Um, there was something about the people there and also what I really enjoyed. And they didn't actually show much from our time in Guatemala because I think the beginning of the race was all quite quick in succession. Yeah. But we really went off the beaten track and we didn't really see any other travellers the whole time we were there. It was literally just us and the locals. Um, I just remember everyone being so friendly and really the language barrier was an issue there because not many people did speak English in the parts of um, Guatemala we went so it really was like us trying to communicate with people and mm -hmm. but learn how to communicate in such a lovely way um, and also absolutely stunning um, we went to a place called Lake Atitlan they had like three volcanoes around it on this lake and they spoke about I think it was like 22 languages around the um, around the lake and it was just incredible um, but yeah favorite city um probably I really liked Bogota um yeah. in Colombia I thought it was really cool it wasn't what I expected um we really weren't there for that long but we went and worked in the hairdressers there and it had like a proper like hipster kind of part to it mm -hmm. um you know like Doc Martens and like loads of cool coffee shops obviously the coffee there's incredible and um, we stayed in like quite a trendy hostel and um, it seemed like way beyond anything I thought it would be. It was way more developed than I thought it would be. Obviously, I'm quite naive to what it was like, but um, I really, when I got there, I was like, it seemed like a fun place to be. Um, and I wish we could have spent more time there. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Because there's such a balance between a, the race, but also taking everything in, enjoying the cities you're visiting, enjoying the countries you're visiting. How did you find that balance? I've spoken to you know a lot of the contestants from the show, Iman Jamil, Jen, Rob, um, you know, from your series, and they've all said that at the start, finding that balance was really hard, and that they sort of learned how to find that balance throughout. Was that the same for you? Yeah, I think, I think Dom and I like it was kind of reflected in our placings on the race because we started off really just racing quite fast. Yeah, and I remember this, like, um, the second leg we went literally. I think we did like three four countries in like three days or something ridiculous and we just didn't stop it was just bus 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 and I remember like at the end of that leg we came in first and we got to the checkpoint and me and Dom just looked at each other and we were like that was not worth it that was yeah horrible like we didn't get a chance to see I don't think we even I think we got off the bus once in Nicaragua and everything else we saw from a bus window and I was like what are we doing this is just such a shame um and I think obviously we tried to to get our kind of experiences whilst we were working because it was quite a good way to like time save yeah. um and they were obviously the best parts and we kind of considered that there was going to be some really high moments and there's going to be some really low moments and after every bad thing that happened something really good was around the corner and we kind of learned that throughout the race we've just got to accept that sometimes we're going to have a really horrible bus journey but at the end of that bus journey we're going to be in an incredible place yeah. and we're going to meet so it was a really hard balance to strike but um I don't think we ever got it right <laughs> it was either because after we raced back to back to back the next leg we came went from first to last because we took it way too easy and we were really yeah. we had such a great time and then we came last and we were like well we can't do that either yeah <laughs> it is so tough um and just like as a viewer watching it, it you could see how tough it was you know you'd see quite a few of the you know you guys and your as contestants you were you'd be in an amazing place and you could see that dilemma between should we stay here for an extra few hours and take it in have a look around or should we get that next bus yeah. it's like such a dilemma all the time and just it, it was must be so difficult <laughs> yeah it was so like, even just being in Cusco and knowing you know Machu Picchu is right there but um, yeah there's no way I have time to go climb Machu Picchu 
I know that must be so so tough um and I guess that just gives you I don't know motivation to go back in the future do you see South America as somewhere that you'd go back to oh definitely I'd love at some point in my life to go back and do it over like six months to a year's yeah a whole long time I think that's how long you need like I've had friends who go to Peru you know we were there what five days and I've had friends who've been there for like a month and said that's still not long enough to even scratch the surface of the the country so I think yeah I'd definitely go back and then what would you say was your least favorite country if you had to pick one um you know I'm gonna say this just because we had a bad experience it wasn't because of the country I think also because we won the race but we didn't have a great time in Honduras um we didn't spend very long there um but our experience wasn't great um it was just I think the one place we'd stopped we stopped at Copan Ruinas which was the check, checkpoint and that was lovely um but we were kind of in the hotel the whole time we didn't really get to spend much time and then the only other place that we actually stayed overnight was this town which was obviously an old transport hub so it was just where truckers stopped and there wasn't anything there it was really quite run down um and we were obviously didn't feel very safe there um, and we were kind of like ushered into accommodation because of people with us were like you need to get inside it's not that safe and I think obviously we were really stressed and tired and I got really emotional and we had kind of had a big fight so I think that kind of ruined Honduras for us yeah um but I've heard such incredible things about you know the coastline and um all different parts of it so obviously yeah I'd love to go back and actually have a have a good time there it's interesting you say about um that being a place where you're like a little bit sort of afraid and a bit scared because one of the questions I actually got from um one of the followers was uh, sort of asking about the safety aspect of South America. And, and I know in my personal experience, I've, I've been South America. I've been, I went to uh, Brazil, Uruguay, Paraguay, and Argentina. And I get that feeling of, oh, is it safe? Is it not? Because I did witness situations where like, I look back and I, I'm still, even though a bit fearful thinking back to some of the things that happened, like when I was in, in uh, Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, I was doing a group trip and one of my my friends from the group trip got he got mugged like he was on we were um by um Cabaguana beach and he someone just came up and yeah. took all his stuff and next thing you know police are there and it was all just a very scary situation um so I think that really sort of made me understand that actually they're not myths about some of some of South America being a little bit dangerous and just oh, yeah. being cautious you know like and obviously South America is an incredible continent you could see from the show but the question sort of I got was as a, a young female traveller, how was it sort of travelling around? Did you feel safe in all places? Did you feel a little bit scared at times? What was it like? Obviously for for our situation, we did have a film crew with us and yeah. the majority of whom in our group were boys. So yeah. <laughs> it did balance out. But um, I must say, I think there were obviously moments that we felt like we were people were looking at us or, you know, yeah. um, our crew had their camera stolen at one point really? and I think it happened yeah I think that oh was that was in, I think that was in Chile yeah um and I think other crews from other teams might have had other things stolen I can't remember but um we definitely had a camera stolen and that was in a really innocent as in the guy distracted our producer for one second and then whilst his back was turned he took it so it was very much like a yeah, yeah. so I think but the only place we really felt unsafe was in Honduras and that's because it was quite late at night um, and we kind of did have a curfew some in some places just because of you know the nighttime dangers and I, I do remember like <laughs> hearing like gunshots and stuff and me just like being innocent. Someone yeah. told me they were works and I was like oh 
And then I was, and then like I remember going to bed that night and thinking I had to like why would they have fireworks? And then I realised it was like <laughs> gunshots yeah. and yeah. was like and um, I think apart from that it was fine. But I think as a woman it's the standards traveling thing like stick to a group um you know make sure you're with people you can trust um and like just assess the place before you get there like did, would you feel safe walking on the street on your own you know do just be careful because it is obviously worrying um um it sucks that being a woman you do have to worry about traveling like this <laughs> it's really yeah. rubbish um yeah, I think if I went back and, and I went with, you know, maybe one friend who's a girl or on my own, I definitely would be way more cautious. Yeah. Um, but again, that was like a couple of times that we felt unsafe and the rest yeah. of the time we were, so. Yeah, but it's glad to, I'm glad to hear you had, a, you know, a really positive experience because I think that is something that people do worry about a little bit about South America. And it's, it's a shame, I think, because I know, and I'm sure you know, you know very well that South America is an incredible place to yeah. go and travel to. And um, it's a shame that the, sort of the myths and the stories that you hear, Definitely. they sort of take like sort of ruin, not ruin, but they change people's pers like perspective yeah, of South America. Um, I think I, prior to me, because um, I was going to go traveling there anyway with my friend, I yeah. remember telling my dad and he's like, oh, I'm not happy with you and your girlfriend going um, traveling to South America. But if I'd said Southeast Asia, they would have been fine, like a bit less worried about it. But it, I think it's just the same risk. You're running exactly the same risk. Maybe there are more tourists in Southeast Asia than there are in South America, but there's really touristy places. And if you do feel unsafe, stick to the beaten track yeah. and stick to, stick to hostels, meet people, go on route tours. You know, there's definitely ways, if you are extra worried about it, there's definitely ways you can work around that. Yeah. No, it's interesting you said that because when I went, I did group tours, so I, group tours, or I did G Adventures. I don't know if you've heard of G Adventures as a yeah. tour company, yeah. but all my trips, or I did a gap year before uni, and all my trips I did were group trips with G Adventures, and that helped massively with I think for my mum and dad knowing that I was going off travelling. They knew I was going to be safe because I was with a big group. You know, you had a, you have a tour leader with you like twenty four seven, so you know they'd always make sure that your where you are is somewhere safe. They're taking you to safe places all those sorts of things so that's what I'd recommend to anyone sort of worried about it especially South America do a group trip um yeah it, yeah I think it just makes things you know I think just I guess especially for your family just to not worry about sort of potential sort of things going wrong a group trip is is a really good thing to do um and what would you say just thinking about the whole race as a whole how challenging was it mentally and physically um I think Physically, it was okay. Um, you know, obviously there was the whole exhaustion, um, hunger yeah. side of it, which I don't think they actually uh, showed a lot of, or they didn't really film a lot because it's not that interesting, how much we weren't sleeping and how much we weren't eating. And I think that physically, we were just tired all the time, mm -hmm. but that then led to your emotions being really high. Um, and I found myself like crying like all the time. Like the smallest things would like set you off because, mm -hmm. you know, we miss a bus say and it's not the end of the world and I'll just be like oh like it's the worst thing that could happen um and I remember um just looking back and being like Christ like I didn't know I was that emotional about things but yeah. I think I've, I've got to give myself some credit because I was thrown into a completely bizarre situation but I think the mental side of it was much harder than the physical I think the whole racing constantly for eight weeks straight like you do not have one minute where you're not worrying about your next thing you're going to do or mm -hmm. you're not worrying about the next bus and it's like a, it's not just a week's race it's not just you know a marathon it's eight weeks of constant 
stress and <laughs> like we really wanted to win I think everyone did so you're constantly coming up with tactics and where's the best place to go and there's just so many hurdles um I think you just it's just exhausting <laughs> it's yeah really exhausting. <laughs> what I found um quite funny actually was Jen said that she thought that you would be rolling the cameras you wouldn't have much food whatever they'd document that cameras are off and then they hand you some food or a glass of wine I think she said something like that did you have that sort of similar sort of did you think that actually they would give you food if you were really struggling or like how did you how do you think I don't I think I didn't really know what to expect I didn't yeah. think they would mm -hmm. give us wine um I kind of had a good idea that it was probably going to be quite difficult but I didn't go into the race actually worrying about the food thing and then it became yeah. way bigger way more of an issue for us than I kind of anticipated I was thinking oh it's going to be hard not having a phone not having money but little did I realize that like being hungry all the time was actually a real issue for us um yeah. and just and your ability to make good decisions so yeah yeah so tough but I just think it just shows how incredible it was for you guys well for all of you you got to the end you overcome so much you know things like hunger and stuff like you said that they don't really show much of on the tv program it's all these individual things that you're battling like every day um and to overcome yeah. them and get to the end i guess just makes reaching the end point even more special um exactly. can you talk us through the application process so i got a lot of questions about how you applied did you decide to apply was it dom was it a joint decision what was the whole process like yeah it, a lot of people are so curious about the application process and it is really interesting because i never would have really thought to apply for any other tv show like it's not been something I've been interested in doing mm -hmm. um but yeah so we watched well my dad and I watched the first season um and I remember the advert came up at the end saying if you want to apply for next year um here's the website and stuff and I was thinking oh like that show is pretty awesome like I kind of could yeah. see myself doing that um and the kind of logical person that I thought that would be a good person to have this journey with was my brother so um I rang him and I was like, oh, Dom, this is a really cool TV show. And he's like, yeah, whatever, like, just sign me up. So I like yeah. did the application form for us, kind of forced him to film a video with me. We had to send like a quick video. And then from then on, uh, we got a phone call um, and then we went to various auditions in London. Um, that I will not say what they are because otherwise it will ruin it for other people. And mm -hmm. we might get through to the audition process. Uh, and then from then on, yeah, we had to like fill in loads of visa stuff and you know get all your jabs and all that kind of like admin things and then i think it was about three or the start date um we were told we'd properly got on um and to get ourselves ready and they gave us a kit list and we had to go and get all our stuff yeah um amazing and that was yeah um That's, yeah it was completely like i think they had something ridiculous like forty thousand applications when when we applied and I did not anticipate for one second that we'd actually get on. Like our yeah. video application was the most pathetic thing. I'm the half post on my Instagram because it's quite funny, but it's like so awkward. And I don't think it's really about, you know, like presenting this amazing video and like yeah. making yourself really exciting. I think they just want genuine like stories and people yeah. they think from the race. And I think maybe they just saw that and Dom and I because um, we weren't really confident we were so awkward I remember the first audition I was like what's going on I guess it's such an alien thing for you though like you've not I mean I'm assuming you've not been on any sort of tv before or anything like that um so I'm, yeah. I'm sure if I was put in that situation I'd be quite sort of like awkward and sort of what do I say what do I do um especially with cameras around and stuff 
um, that was another one of my questions actually was what was the behind the scenes like with the film crew you know and how was it like how was it being filmed pretty much 24 7 because I guess that's they filmed ma the majority of your day yeah yeah so they, yeah. they filmed much all day um, apart from when we're sleeping <laughs> so anything that happens like it's actually really funny because I think when we started you definitely notice the cameras like I could feel myself like self-editing so like I'd say I'd like not say something because I don't want to sound stupid on camera or whatever but obviously by week eight you've kind of forgotten yeah. the cameras are there and you're really good friends with the camera men and uh, the producer and stuff so at that point they're your friends so you're happy to kind of be yourself around them um but at the beginning I was very aware that I was like this could be put on a tv show like this could be put on a show in front of five million people yeah um but again you do just forget about it um it is weird um it's very intense and I think part of the whole mental journey was also like the difficulties was being filmed all the time and kind of like having to explain everything you're doing like you just get in a bus and you're like right I've just sat on the bus I'm exhausted and the camera will be like right so how do you feel and you're thinking oh just leave me alone like, yeah. I just want to talk about my feelings all the time yeah it's like really in therapy because all you talked about was your feelings and your relationship with your um the person you were with so yeah like, <laughs> yeah and like I had a few questions about sort of the involvement of the production crew and camera crew how heavily were they involved in your decision making throughout the race did they tell you you had to sort of take this route or this mode of transport were they just there to film or were they there to sort of guide in any way uh no they were just there to film so yeah. they had to do whatever we were doing um yeah including sleeping on concrete floors and stuff so yeah sounds yeah. us. yeah amazing well it shows just how like real the show is like what yeah. we saw was exactly what happened um which exactly, I guess just yeah. makes it so authentic and just shows your you know your true experiences the true highs the true lows was all completely down to you and Dom whatever you decided to do was what was filmed and aired um yeah. so that's yeah brilliant um have you, would you say you've taken anything from the experience that you think will help you in the future with life in general, but also future traveling? Um, I think obviously life in general, like is this whole confidence thing. Um, yeah. Cause I, I think a bit beforehand with my confidence and like being confident around strangers or just even asking questions. Um, I was like very awkward or, oh, I don't want to ask. And you could see in the race, like I would have this battle where I'd be like, Dom, you go ask, you go ask. Mm -hmm. And I think obviously I would kind of, behaved a bit more like that because I was with my older brother so you kind of return to the roles you grew up like I grew up with him always taking control so I think I was just like right yeah <laughs> um so I think it gave me a lot more confidence um and made me like prove to myself that I can pretty much do anything like I've done I, I always find this crazy to think about but Iman Iman has done Everest and um he's climbed Mount Everest and he said at the end of the race he was like this was harder than Everest was like in terms of endurance and like yeah. the mental side, I was thinking, right, well, if, if I've done something as hard as Everest, I can do anything. <laughs> so yeah. Put into perspective, like how difficult it was. And um, I kind of proved to myself that like, I can be thrown into a complete alien situation and I'll figure it out. Um, yeah. So like, again, I'm so lucky to have had that experience. Um, and that, yeah, that was amazing. Um, and in terms of traveling, I kind of picked obviously the way we traveled was very different to how people would but I kind of yeah. obviously know, know how to travel cheaply <laughs> like yeah like so cheap. um but also little things like um uh like I remember going to Cusco and I thought oh you have to pre-book all your tours like you have to get it all sorted out before you get there but mm -hmm. very much like 
don't pre-book you don't have to pre-book anything you can get there and decide what you want to do there is always a trail to Machu Picchu you do not have to do it in advance like there's yeah. you know, all these things um that I would never have thought about unless you're there um so I definitely like suggest to people if, if they don't want to do it at all don't panic like when you get out there you can organize it all for yourself yeah I guess not until you go out and experience what you have that you understand those things and you sort of like learn from it um yeah and you mentioned also about right at the start when you were first let off to go you were like oh who do we ask who do we turn to that we can sort of get information from how important would you say was the kindness of strangers during the race oh that was like the thing that kept you going like in, unless people willing to help there was no way we could get information without without the people um so yeah that was like of paramount importance that you built these relationships with people or you were approachable or you know you had to be so like friendly and like almost like beg like <laughs> the more desperate we looked and this is what I noticed throughout the race towards the end at the beginning when we actually had money like we didn't have loads but obviously we had yeah. money in our pocket so we often didn't ask for help we would just figure out the cheapest option or figure out like everything we did was paid um yeah and then towards the when we were like running out of money and we were really becoming quite desperate um that is when we kind of obviously opened up ourselves to more help and that's when we started hitchhiking and that's when we started like obviously looking desperate because people would ask us if we were okay <laughs> and, we were like, <laughs> and we obviously looked exhausted but I noticed the more connections we made were at the end of the race when we really were struggling and it like is really beautiful thing to think about is that when you kind of are at your lowest people are most willing to help and um that was like probably the best moments in the race were the people we met and the crazy things we did and the stories they're like the biggest stories to tell at the end of it because you, you mentioned the hitchhiking which you mentioned also earlier led you on to the the party that you went to yeah. later on in the series um you are you and Don were sort of the only people who really hitchhiked in the show no one else really did that a lot how how was that because I me thinking about the thought of hitchhiking I'd be pretty scared about the thought of it how was yeah. it for you? Did you, was it just, were you at a point where you just had no, you had limited options and that was probably the best one and you just thought, let's just go for it and see what happens? Yeah, I think the whole hitchhiking thing kind of happened when when we'd got to Argentina and we kind of read that Argentina's quite good to hitchhiking anyway. So we were like, yeah. right, we probably have a better chance here than anywhere else. Um, but also we were low on money. So we kind of calculated, right, like, if we can hitchhike a few more journeys like save the journeys that we had hitchhiked if we had paid for them on buses we probably wouldn't have made it, it to the end of the race yeah. um but also you'd like go to a bus station you'd see right the next bus is in what four hours it's going to cost us 30 dollars each or we stand on the side of the road for 30 minutes stuck our thumbs out and see how successful it is worst comes to worst we give up on that and we get the bus yeah so it and very much like a let's just give it a go um and then the first time we hitchhiked we stood there for literally half an hour and got picked up um and I think that immediately I think we were the only team that successfully hitchhiked um like in the race and um immediately we were like oh my god why did we not do this earlier like this is so much better and obviously we had I met some incredible people and ended up at a fantastic party and yeah. had like a really funny night that we would not have had um if we hadn't have like put ourselves out there yeah um so that was a learning curve for us um and I genuinely wish we started doing it earlier because not only do you get a lift but you get a real opportunity to stop and talk to people for a couple of hours and then they're more willing to help you if yeah. you're you know it's not just a person passing you on the street 
that leads on to one of my questions actually, which was, um, would you change anything about your experience? So would you change, would you rather have sort of hitchhiked earlier on in the race rather than leaving it later on? Things like that. Is there anything that you reflect on and you think, oh, I wish we could have done that differently? Or do you just look back and think, it was an incredible experience, what happened happened, and I'm so glad it did happen? Um, I think there obviously are regrets. I think there's things Dom and I could have done differently that would have helped us, you know, maybe win the race and I think budgeting was a huge thing for Dom and I like we didn't really have a strategy when we started I remember they kept saying like what's your strategy and me and Dom were like I don't know like we'll just see what happens and yeah. I think everyone else, like, especially Jen and Rob and Jamil and the mom they kind of like knew what they were doing and Jen and Rob from the beginning were budgeting so tightly and I think Dom and I at the beginning we're both pretty terrible with money as it is we just didn't think about it and I remember I think we got to Costa Rica and the producer was like right we want you to do a budget check um so you'd like check through your budget and you try to figure yeah. out how much how many dollars you'd have per day for the rest of the race which was difficult and uh, enough in itself because we didn't have a calculator so we'd have to like ask a stranger to like type it in on the phone for them <laughs> but um <laughs> But yeah, so we, we did the budget check in like Costa Rica and we were like, why have we not done this sooner? We've just been like not tracking what we're spending our money on and, you know, getting unnecessary amounts of food at the beginning, which then meant we couldn't really eat at the end. And yeah, little things like that. I think if we'd been a bit more careful, we would have had way more money at the end, yeah. <laughs> but we didn't. So, and also like, because we didn't have all that money, we got to hitchhike and we got to meet really cool people. So again, it's, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And looking back to, because obviously we've had two series now of Race Across the World, um, and you said you watched the first series, um, would you rather have done the route from series one, or are you super, super happy that you had the route that you had for series two? In all honesty, I think I would have done, preferred to have done the route from series one. Well, I, it's really hard to say. I think because I always kind of knew I was going to travel South and Central America I, and this is just like a selfish thing here I, I kind of had in my mind that I was always going to do that mm -hmm. so I would have probably gone anyway <laughs> but yeah. London Singapore I think the thing that attracts me to that so much is the countries like in the Middle East like Uzbekistan, um, Kazakhstan, all those countries places that I probably wouldn't go to like or have even thought to have gone to so yeah. I'm really that they got to do that and also their journey as well is so it was just so different like their languages you know they didn't just have one language they had so many other languages and then you know they had they got to Asia where the writing isn't even with our alphabet and yeah. they then had to tackle that and I'm just like I'm in awe that they did that um I think for us we had a lot more things go wrong kind of <laughs> on our route and <laughs> a lot more like um political issues and stuff but in terms of like going through loads of different cultures and stuff I do think the first season, the first series, like they did have an incredible journey. Yeah. But obviously I do I wouldn't change mine for the world. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. It's it's just yeah. crazy. Like they the first two series have just been amazing. Like I've rewatched them during lockdown because it's just been my I mean, I can't travel, so it's the only way I can sort of feel like I'm traveling in some some way. Um you've just... watched them more than that, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just you haven't you haven't you haven't rewatched it, no. No. Like, we were talking to him on the other day and one's like yeah, yeah i've watched it times and i was like how i cringe so much just watching myself <laughs> i kind of don't mind watching clips but like i just look at my face i'm like shut up Liz, you're so annoying <laughs> yeah. so did you did you watch it when it came out so when it aired back in god when was it now was it april? march march no, march last year yeah so it was like when we were just the start of the pandemic like everyone was at yeah. home i remember it being 
the one thing I'd look forward to every Sunday because there was, I mean, we just, we were, you know, here at home and, you know, we couldn't go anywhere and it was the one thing I looked forward to. So did you sit and watch it with your family every Sunday? Um, so actually in the first episode, we all got to watch together. Um, as, yeah. So we all went to London and watched it as a race team, which was brilliant because we like, we're all wetting ourselves with laughter. Because for us, we know each other so well. So every time someone says something on TV, it's like watching your mate on telly. Like, yeah. it's just funny. <laughs> we were all just laughing at each other. Um, and then actually I was living in Austria at the time. So I flew back home and I was on the flight when the first episode came out. Um, so I... Um, watched it with my friends on my ski season um yeah. which was these are people that I'd only met five four months before so they didn't know me kind of like really really well and I was watching it with all these people and I was like oh my god like they're hearing like me being really emotional yeah. <laughs> like bizarre experience um and then I came home I think after about three episodes and um after Austrian lockdown I came home and watched it with my family which is really nice because um I kind of got to see my parents reaction um yeah and I, I just even being with my friends and like hearing you know my my best friend I think she cried the whole of the first episode when I was on top. <laughs> yeah. oh I kind of missed that yeah and that, I mean it leads on to, to my next question actually as well about life after the show social media interviews all those things you meant you touched on you know a little bit about your friends watching it and that sort of thing what's life been like you know I know we're we were in we we're in lockdown really when it aired yeah. so you didn't have the opportunity to go and sort of see various people and do, I guess, interviews, you know, but did you have interviews that people did, you know, wanted to talk to you, social media, your Instagram, I think blew up. You've got loads of followers. How was that? Um, I think the whole Instagram thing was bizarre. I just didn't expect it. Like I, I was just like, oh, you know, no yeah. one's going to want to follow me. I'm just like someone on a random TV show. And I remember I, like, I had my Instagram on private and then after week three, I put it on public. And then like, I think it was like five days later, I had 10,000 followers. And I was like, what is going on? Great. So that was in itself. Um, and then the interviews thing, it was a lot of like BBC radio interviews and uh, local newspapers and all those kind of things, which were all actually really nice to do. Because um, it kind of, like, I love doing interviews because you can reflect on your race and, yeah. you know, it kind of brings back memories, which is great. Um, and then, yeah, so the whole Instagram thing's just been a bit bizarre, really, because I always think I, I should use it to, like, do something. But it's just not very, it's not me. Like, yeah. I just, yeah, I always feel a bit like, oh, I don't really know why all these people follow me. It's a bit weird. Um, but, yeah, it's just been bizarre. Like, even getting recognised now, um, it was definitely better. Like, we got recognised way more when we had masks on. Oh, didn't have masks on all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was working in my local pub over summer mm -hmm. and, like, every other table would be like oh you're the girl from race across the world and would want to talk to me which was so nice and then we start wearing masks masks at work and then people start recognizing me from my voice and I was okay. like this yeah. because I've yeah. got quite a voice and yeah people would be like, I really recognize your voice and I'm thinking oh god here we go <laughs> <laughs> and they never they can never put their finger on it so I just end up telling them and they're like oh my god <laughs> it's so funny that's crazy because I know you, I mean you're just you know a normal everyday person and you've been on this incredible big tv show and i guess things like that happen afterwards you get recognized you get loads of followers how's that been like i know i spoke to jen quite a few months ago now and jen received quite a lot of hate on social media as a result of the show i think she mm -hmm. left twitter at some point because it was just getting too much have you received any sort of hate or anything like that and how's the sort of attention been on social media 
So majority of it has been positive. I think um, I had not the same experience as Jen, but like I did have quite a few, well, several, not loads and loads, but several hate comments on Twitter. And I think Twitter as in general as a platform can be quite negative. A lot of people go on there to complain and stuff. So yeah. it was kind of expected. So I actually ended up deleting my old Twitter and I didn't go on Twitter the whole time until I think like a month after the race when I kind of got over it and I was like, right, it's fine now. And the yeah. majority of comments have been positive but obviously you get the few people like saying oh I don't like her she seems really up herself all those kind of things and I'm like well they don't know me it's really yeah. edited like it, it's it is what it is um but in terms of in, in terms of Instagram it's all been so positive and I do think in general people don't follow people unless they're interested or like them so yeah. it's all really lovely and I actually have loved interacting with people um, I get a lot of young girls being like really like you're my inspiration I want advice about things about and one of the nicest things is people younger people asking me um oh we've seen that you dropped out of uni and you said it wasn't right for you like can you give me any advice I'm not sure I want to go and it's been so nice that people have kind of like listened and seen what I've done and you know reconsidered their situation um so that's been really like really cool that's that's awesome because it shows that you've got a platform now like you said earlier you've got this these followers and you're getting people coming to you asking for advice and that must feel you know must feel brilliant that people are coming to you for advice like you know for things for, for things that have happened in your life such as leaving uni or those sorts of things so uh, I'm sure that's brilliant for you sort of to receive those like positive comments it's always nice to see like positive comments come out of tv shows because like I said speaking to Jen I felt just awful for her talking about her experience that she had with with Twitter and like you said Twitter is a it's a, it's a funny old platform twitter it's yeah. just you get some you know really good things coming on twitter but a lot love, of it... yeah i love twitter because it is an opinion platform and yeah. there's a lot of political things that are shared and i actively i don't tweet but i actively follow twitter because i yeah. read so many articles and stuff i do just think when it comes to people just tweet and don't think about it often yeah. it's 100%. you won't put a story up like commenting you know you just don't do that so it is very yeah. different i really feel for jen because it's so not fair and I think Jen is an incredible person and she is so funny and I think maybe like the viewers just I, I don't understand I think um for me I was like how could you not love her she's brilliant <laughs> yeah, she is brilliant she when I interviewed her it was god it was like last summer now I'd, she was on the podcast and she's just so bubbly so full of energy oh. she loved reminiscing about the trip and it was brilliant to hear her insight into into it all I've been really lucky to speak to a lot of you guys I spoke to Dom as well um, about you know his experience of it all um, so it's brilliant just to get an insight into what you guys sort of felt about the whole thing um, what I'll do now is I'll move on to a few questions from the followers um, so I picked out yeah picked out sort of nine or ten so the first one that I'll go for um, okay so this was a question that both Liv and Emmy if they're listening they asked which was what was your favorite scene that wasn't shown on the show oh god there's there's so many obviously because it's edited yeah from you know, 24 hours a day to one hour a week for five teams so there were so many moments um I don't know I'm trying to think a lot of the checkpoint moments which weren't filmed so when we were all together as a group were yeah. some of the best moments in the whole race like we had so much fun um and there's just moments where Don would be playing the piano and we'd all be singing um and you know we'd all be quite drunk and just like really getting to know people and I think that was like the times that we felt normal in the race like where we weren't competing yeah um 
that was incredible. But also, like I said, when we went to Guatemala, to Lake Atitlan, um, we worked on the beach there for seven hours, um, working with this indigenous family. Um, and I just remember we sat on this pontoon and she made us breakfast. It was like a, a traditional breakfast. And we were just talking to this guy called um, George or Jorge, but um, like we couldn't speak the same language, but somehow we managed to ask him like what his favorite thing about Guatemala was and mm -hmm. his favorite thing about the country. And he like gave us this beautiful answer. But unfortunately none of it was put on telly. So. Yeah, that's so <laughs> tough, I've, isn't it? Yeah. I've got it in my mind, so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, it, I was, like I was just saying, it must just be so tough because you guys experienced so much and only you and Dom and the film crew know the majority of what went on on the race because yeah. you know we saw I think was it like eight or so episodes of an hour and that was split between was it six pair five or six pairs of you guys five yeah uh, five yeah and um you know five of you guys doing a whole leg in an hour there's only so much they can include so it must be so difficult like watching an episode and remembering that leg and then thinking oh well we did this and we did this and only you guys obviously can remember that but you know it's that's the thing with a tv show isn't it they must have so many clips like that they haven't included that i'm sure we'd all love to watch like um you know i was speaking to alex who was on series one the other week and he said he'd love for, for bbc to put out an, another episode of like all the unseen sort of best oh, bits. I think yeah so many things that happened and like silly situations and us actually having fun mm -hmm. um i think I with my producer saying that there was a scene that they that they had cut out it was in the I think it was in the final edit and they'd ended up cutting it out um of Dom and I in Colombia um the people in our dorm took us out for, uh, in our dorm took us out for drinks and then they got us quite drunk and apparently we did a diary cam and I was like absolutely plastered in it and he was like I don't know why they cut out it was hysterical because I like dropped the camera and like that just I think like obviously it was I'm a young person traveling and that's like a normal thing to yeah. do to go out like meet people and have a few drinks yeah um and I thought that would have been a really nice thing to include like a bit of normality but um yeah I think probably they picked a bit of Dom and I arguing or crying over it, over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay next question we'll go for a question from Amber and she asked what was your parents reaction when you told them you were doing the show um I think to be honest it was quite a slow burner because because we kind of got the interviews as it went on I think they were kind of just like they were so excited and I think for them yeah. it was like um, a really lovely thing to have their two children go on this experience together and build a, a like a relationship that you know you yeah. couldn't you it's such an invaluable thing to do with a sibling and that's kind of set us up for the rest of our life to know that we could travel two months together um so I think for them, they were just incredibly, incredibly proud of us. And they were also just like, why are my children on telly? This is so weird. <laughs> yeah. It just, I mean, like, like you said earlier about your, your dad's reaction when you said you wanted to go to travel to South America, like maybe just you and your friend. I guess it, may, it must have been reassuring in a way that you were going to South America, yes, but you had a film crew, like we said earlier. Safety-wise, yeah. you would have been all good. Like things like that were sort of sorted. I guess they sort of felt reassured in a way. Yeah, I think that was a huge thing because obviously we couldn't speak to them the whole time so I think we got one phone call with them when we were in Colombia because our grandma had her funeral and she passed away literally just before the race um so we were allowed to call her then and I remember um on the phone we were getting passed around to like all of my French cousins and stuff and they're all trying to get out of us where we were because we couldn't say where we were yeah um we're going oh where are you where are you and we like we can't tell you and okay. my mom's I even say you're in Colombia like we couldn't tell her it was so strange <laughs> yeah 
I guess also as well, like you guys knew what the, the experience you'd had, you knew what you'd done, you knew you'd been on, t- on a TV show, but you couldn't tell people for so long after. Um, yeah. I, I was listening to a podcast the other day with Jen and Rob and they were saying that they got back and they went on their phone and they were, had so many messages from people saying, this is not right, what's wrong with you? Like, are you okay? And then Jen went back to work and they were like, we thought this had happened to you. We thought you'd taken a sabbatical. We thought you'd lost your job. Like they didn't know what had happened because they weren't able to tell anyone about what was going yeah. on what was that like for you like for your friends your the rest you know your your yeah. obviously your close family knew what you were doing but for sort of other members of your family what did they think was sort of going on so I told my best friends so that was kind of like easy enough yeah. um, but in terms of like everyone else I kind of just said I was going traveling and um, yeah. to be honest for my age it's not that strange because <laughs> I was yeah yeah going away for two months um but it was a weird one because I just so badly want to tell people and um because I was like this is so exciting and yeah. I'd be like oh I'm just been traveling for a few months um so yeah don't contact me because like, <laughs> I was yeah. like people are gonna think it's bizarre that I just don't have my phone um but I don't think it went that unnoticed to be honest I think people um that noticed I think people were just didn't realize I'd gone yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just left my job um and literally as I got back I went on the ski season so yeah. it was strange like starting my ski season I think I've been home for four days and meeting all these new people and I couldn't even like really tell them what I'd just been doing how it was so yeah. strange I'd like had the most incredible experience I was meeting all these people and I was like god they don't know that I've just been halfway around the world and back yeah. and lovely tan and I'm in the Alps and they're probably really confused <laughs> yeah that must be I guess crazy but again when you could tell them just such an amazing moment and be like look yeah when were you allowed to tell them? Was it like the day of the first episode or can you tell them a little bit before? It was when the adverts started coming out on TV because okay, obviously yeah. that, at that point um, our face was on the telly. And it was yeah. so funny. Before I had actually, I think it was a week into the adverts that we were allowed to then share. Um, and before I actually shared, I'd had people message me being like, this is so, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but is this you on this advert? Because <laughs> people <laughs> yeah. were going, I, I recognise her. Yeah. Um, people from and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's me. Um, and then I kind of posted it on my um, on my Instagram and my Facebook and so many people were like oh my god I love that show and I can't believe you're doing it yeah. and that was like I was so excited at that point for everyone to just get to watch what we'd done yeah amazing okay we'll go on to we'll do a few more questions let me have a look um, like I said we just got so many sent in I just tried to pick sort of ones that I hadn't asked you already um Okay, um, which we do? Oh, here we go. This is a good one. Did you have any ways to pass the time on buses? I mean, we saw how many, you know, so many buses you guys went on throughout the whole trip. So, so you know, so many of them for so many hours. What what did you do to sort of pass the time? It was obviously um, a, very, a very strange situation, especially for people our age where we're kind of like glued to our phones or we can't yeah. rely on our payment and I think that was like the biggest thing in the first week I was like checking for my phone or like going to get my phone and it wasn't there um and stupidly me and Dom didn't get any mp3 sorted so we didn't have any music so I think um what did I I think I brought like eight books with me or like six and then I swapped some with Joe and Jen around the race um yeah so I read but I'd read all of those within the first five weeks so after that I think I had a crossword book that Dom and I would take turns in doing yeah um but aside from those little things, it was the majority of the time was sleeping because that was kind of our time to reboot was when we were on buses or literally just looking out the window and taking in the views and everything that was around us. Um, 
yeah I just remember like staring out the window and just I just not thinking much like yeah. <laughs> everyone's like oh did you not like think about your life and what you're doing when you're looking out the bus window and I was like I just don't think I thought I just yeah. like stared into, into I guess, space for I guess it. you just had so much going on that it was like all a blur I guess you just were fo- trying to focus on so many things and it was just that was your time to just kind of stop and just not think of any of it and just sort of trying to chill out and I guess sleep like you said and you know I've been I when I was in South America I went on some of the buses as well and I know how long they are they're really really like really long yeah. often in South America um I think that's probably one of the most common like modes of transport in South America is the buses um so they're just so long and I, I totally understand how it was I think I only did one when I was there so for you guys who must have done I mean I don't know how many buses you guys took but it was it was a lot of buses yeah I think yeah. and also back to back you get off like a 12 hour bus and then you'd stop for a half an hour and then you get on like another 11 hour bus and it was just constant yeah. losses. um yeah. I do think back and I'm like how did I do that um but you do you just mm-hmm. get on with it by the yeah. end of it we were so used to it that it wasn't really a problem like a 10 hour bus was a ship was a short bus journey for us like you, that, yeah. That was, yeah um also they had a lot of um uh, Spanish films on and stuff which were quite entertaining like they always had Ice Age on in Spanish um, so we'd just like watch it yeah <laughs> on, but it was something to do so yeah. something to yeah. pass the time definitely exactly okay let, this is a really good question actually this is what I've asked a lot of, of, of you guys who've been on on the show what do you think the future of Race Across the World will look like um, what do you think the route will be for series three? And this lady called Chloe has said she's actually applied for series three. So good luck, Chloe, for applying for series three. Um, like you said earlier, like 40,000 applicants was it for series two? And I reckon there'll be, yeah, I reckon there'll be more. So um, yeah, Chloe says she's applied and she's just wondering, yeah, what you think route the route might be for series three? Um, I don't, I think it's going to be in between two places. I think it's either going to be through Africa, which would be yeah. so cool um or I think either going from Japan or trying to get to Japan but I'm not sure where from but I have a feeling it's going to be either that or I did think maybe North America but then I just don't think it's just such an expensive country to travel through that I don't know how much like you know and there's not so much of a culture change in North America so I don't know but I potentially Africa um but obviously you know given the current situation it's not looking like it's going to be anywhere and actually I do yeah. I do think I get a lot of comments being like oh no one's got back to my application I actually don't think they've managed to probably plan anything yet or even do any auditions or even hold yeah any sort of application process so I wouldn't worry about it if, you, if they haven't heard back yeah <laughs> I don't think they will have done anything by now it's just a crazy time isn't it like you said I doubt they can plan I mean you can't really plan for next week at the minute there's so much change you know right now especially in the UK with travel and all those sorts of things um and it's not a cheap show to run obviously because they've got to get all their equipment over and yeah. travel through it takes a lot a lot of organizing and they have to do recce's and stuff so get people out there six months in advance who will do your journey yeah um so obviously they've got all of that to do so oh God, who knows what it'll be <laughs> yeah I think it might be I don't know I mean I'm optimistic I don't know for the summer I'm just thinking about myself I'm like trying to plan some form of travel this year and I look to the summer I'm like oh might be able to travel in the summer but like you said they've got to do like probably six to 12 months prep for the whole series exactly. so when that will start who knows um there was a question from Sarah and she said are you and Dom getting on better after your shared experience of race across the world um 
I think we're definitely closer. Um, yeah. I think in some ways, because we now know each other so well, and like obviously we were with each other 24 seven, um, I think that kind of make, makes us argue a bit more. I don't know. I think because we're just so like nitpicky with each other now, like everything about each other irritates us. Um, but we're definitely closer. Um, yeah. And we get on better now. Dom's actually moved out now. So I think because like lockdown happened and we were together all the time again, we like, I don't know. Um, I hate to say this, but it kind of just went back to how it was before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we are closer and we share such an incredible experience, but I don't think it's like completely changed us as people and stuff um yeah. but again he's always going to be my brother um so yeah it's exactly the same and I just know that I can count on him and we'll definitely be more open with each other yeah um but again that's probably something that will happen as we grow up as well like you just become a bit more mature um <laughs> so, yeah yeah but I mean I guess it's something that only you and Dom have experienced so you know throughout your life you'll always have you you both always, oh, yeah. have, always have a story to tell about your experience so only you only you two know exactly how hard it was all the ups and downs and and sort of being there for each other and you could really tell from the show that actually throughout the process you two both got closer you became more confident and I think for you both getting to the end in the way you did was probably the most like amazing like like story of the pro of the whole series in a way because obviously Dom had his seizure which put you guys back more than 24 hours I think and then from that point, there was almost like a switch between you, you guys, you like you became more confident and you could see from the show, like obviously Dom was sort of still recovering. So you had to sort of take more of a, a lead in decisions and that sort of thing. I think you, you commented on that quite a lot during the show. And for you guys to catch up in the way you did was just amazing from being yeah. over 24 hours behind to finishing a matter of hours, I think, behind yeah. like Iman Jamil and Jen and Rob, like you guys must be so proud about how you finish the race oh definitely I think I think had Dom's seizure not happened I don't know where we would have come in the race um but I think it was such an instrumental part in kind of like lighting a fire underneath us and we worked yeah. so hard um we were exhausted by that point and I think emotionally we kind of had a lot happen um but the second half of our race, and I always put it in two parts, like before Dom seizure and after Dom seizure, but the second yeah. part of that race was probably the most fulfilling for both of us um, in terms of our relationship and meeting other people. Um, and I'm just so proud that, you know, even at the end when we didn't have any money, we still managed to hitchhike to the finish line and only get there two hours behind. Um, yeah. And the fact that like the last few days, we hardly ate a thing. We were literally half Oreos and we were starving and exhausted but we were so determined um to make it to the end and I think even just crossing the finish line at that point I didn't care where we'd come I was just so proud of us the both of us for doing it um and obviously proud of everyone else because we all knew exactly how hard it was for each other um and I think the most amazing thing about watching Race Across the World back um, was seeing everyone else's journey as well because we could tell each other some stories but you didn't really see what everyone went through and um, we were just we're all on, on this group chat and as the race came out we messaged each other like oh my god we didn't know that happened to you and yeah you know just as exciting for us to watch as everyone else um but yeah I just it, it was such a journey um I feel like I'm definitely a different person after the whole thing yeah um, and I'm so lucky to have had that experience because not many people will ever get the chance to travel with no phone um, and without you know the trappings of society and kind of like being able to really organically get yourself through countries so yeah, yeah. very 
amazing experience. That leads on, I'll, I'll just finish with one more question and it leads on to, because you mentioned that style of travel that you did is so unique. No phones, very limited budget, you can't fly, you have to take Moser Transport to get you through the countries. Would you ever travel in that way again? Or will you just go back to sort of normal flying from A to B? Uh, I would love to travel like that again. I think part of the beauty of not flying is um, going through places like border towns and, you know, like you do not see what you see, you know, if you're in a plane, you will not see what's on the ground. And you yeah. even just some of the best views, and I think everyone can vouch for this, the views that you would see out of bus windows. Um, we saw some beautiful places out of a bus window. Um, I think I'd love to travel like that again. I, I would love to have more money. Um, yeah. And, because you know you want to go out and socialize and you want to be able to buy you know um like t-shirts or memorabilia and stuff like that stuff that you yeah. just can't do on the race um and also spend more time getting to know people but the no phone thing was just such a freeing I think Jeff especially like I say for our generation it was such a freeing thing like you realize you you don't need it to get through life and actually you think back to our parents they didn't have a phone to get through life um yeah. so it's really incredible thing to have had um and I don't think many people will get that opportunity which is a shame um unless yeah. you consciously make the decision to but it does make your life a lot harder so yeah <laughs> obviously so much easier just to have your phone yeah well amazing thank you so much for your time that's all the questions I had I've we've we've been going over an hour which is amazing so thank you so much brilliant. for your time it's been brilliant to get your insight into your, your trip and the highs and lows and it's so interesting to compare your experience to other contestants from the show um you all shared what an incredible experience but again you've got that slightly different perspective on on the race and everything so thank you so much the podcast will be up on uh friday 6 p.m there'll be a new podcast every week spotify and apple podcast so as soon as it's up i'll send you the link and everything but yeah Amazing. just a massive thank you brilliant thank you so much it's been great <laughs> awesome. cool uh